Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks for joining me. Hope everyone out there is doing well. Going to speak with Todd Furman this week about all things gambling and sports betting. Now that it's legalized, we've got it in New Jersey, Delaware, as well as Las Vegas. I also want to talk to Todd about World Cup betting, which I think is interesting. So we'll get into a lot of things. Todd hosts the line on SITV for SI.com, so you can check it out at SI.TV. Good gambling show hosted by Ben Teitelbaum and co-hosted with Todd Furman, and they break down everything about gambling, lines, handicapping that's in the news. Before we get to Todd, just good response last week to the podcast with Lee Jenkins. Um, It's still relevant this week. It, It holds up. It's about Durant, LeBron, and... Lee's process for writing uh, big cover stories for SI, a lot of fascinating nuggets, really great stuff about Durant and LeBron in there. So if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, check it out in the archives and give it a listen. If you're an NBA fan, you will definitely enjoy it. And uh, all the podcasts in the archives would be great if you guys miss one, check it out, subscribe, leave a review. It helps a lot. And uh, I appreciate that. All right. Joining me now is Todd Furman. You can see him on SI.com, on The Line, on SI.TV, and he has a bunch of other things. We'll allow him to plug. Todd, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jimmy. A busy time in the sports gambling world uh, since we last chatted a few months ago. And thank God for that. 
Not a moment too soon when you talk about legalization coming to a state near you. Uh, it appears New York will be a little bit late to the party, but I'm sure you can spend plenty of your football weekends this coming fall in Hoboken, New Jersey, should you choose to pursue that wagering pleasure. And I'm sure many will. I'm sure many will. Um, before we get to the whole betting, legalized betting, Jersey, Delaware, and all that, I'll let, let me. I want to narrow in just on the World Cup for a minute because that's the only thing really going on right now. You have baseball as well. Um, but if you're degenerate, you might be getting your fix from the world. Before we, I'll, let me, do you know, is World Cup, have you gotten any feedback on what World Cup betting is like in terms of, of, of volume? Are people betting it more than ever? It seems to be more popular than ever. It is definitely growing in popularity. I think obviously one of the things the World Cup has working for it, as you mentioned it, it's during the summer doldrums where you don't really have a whole lot of other wagering options unless you want to get sucked into the baseball grind that isn't all that appealing for some of the recreational bettors out there. The Stanley Cup has already been handed out. The NBA Finals are done. You'll have a little bit of a respite should you want to bet some tennis later on at Wimbledon if the French Open wasn't your thing, and maybe some golf. Uh, so while you might not be the biggest soccer fan, it is the biggest sporting event in the world. It happens once every four years. So you do get folks coming out of the woodwork. The real challenge becomes is most people don't know how to bet soccer the right way, and it is a very different market from a three-way line where if a game ends in a tie, you can lose to the Asian handicap, talking about quarter of a goals. Uh, so it's always fascinating to see some of the dialogue for folks making their foray into uh, the world's most beautiful game. And you just led me right into my next topic because I I don't bet the World Cup, I don't bet soccer, um, and I don't really follow the betting aspect of soccer. However, sp- I was speaking to a co-worker of mine yesterday or the day before, Kevin Driscoll, who's our head of social media, and I asked him if he was betting the World Cup. He said he was, and he had some game, and I said, what's the line? And he said, like, minus a goal and a quarter. I think today he had some game where the line was minus a goal and three quarters. So for the for the uneducated out there, starting with myself, can you give us a quick breakdown of how soccer World Cup betting lines work? Sure. When you're looking at the point spread for soccer matches and you're talking about a quarter of a goal impacting the equation and showing itself uh, quite often, uh, that's referred to as the Asian handicap. So essentially what that would mean if you were talking about betting a favorite who was minus one and a quarter goals, you're Original bet is essentially split in two. So half of your bet comes in at a price of minus one. The other portion of your bet is graded like you were laying a goal and a half. So if ultimately the result is a one-goal decision, you push part of your bet and you would lose the other part, whereas if that team ends up winning its match by two goals, you win both of their bets. And, of course, the same would apply that if you were taking a team plus a goal and a quarter um, and they end up losing by a goal, you push part of your bet, but you win the other half. So the reason that that's the case is you talk about soccer being a sport where goals can often be at a premium. Every quarter goal goes a long way, and you'll see a lot of that reflected in half-goal increments. The difference in taking a half a goal versus taking a full goal and then taking a goal and a half uh, can be upwards of 60 to 70 cents, depending on what that game's particular total is. That is surreal. I, I would love to know how many, you know, I would love to know how many casual soccer fans out there are like, all right, I'm going to... The World Cup is here. I'm going to be into it. And, you know, it's the world game, blah, blah, blah. Let me bet it so I can even have more interest in it. And then have no idea what the hell the lines are. You know, I, I bet you have a lot of confusion out there with people. 
You definitely did. And fortunately, I'm no longer behind the counter, so I don't have to address some of those concerns and deal with irate customers like I did during my time at Caesars where they'd watch a match, the game would be 1-1, they'd come back and go, oh, well, you know, I bet Portugal. And I go, no, you bet Portugal on the money line, so you actually lose your bet because draw was a particular option. And then if that's not complex enough, when we get into the knockout stages and we see the top two teams in each group advance, bets don't include extra time. So they only include 90 minutes plus stoppage time. The 30 minutes of extra time, soccer's equivalent of overtime, don't factor into the wagers nor do penalty kicks. So you're talking about people that have taken three matches at the group level to try and grasp how to bet it. They now get another layer of complexity added into things, and it just leaves a lot of folks scratching their heads. The unfortunate reality is some people come away going, I'm not messing with this uh, event anytime soon. But as we know, Jimmy, as sports bettors, you have a short-term memory. So four years from now, they're going to forget their frustration when they're looking to get their action fix in Qatar. I, I was just going to say, the, all this conversation has done so far is make me happy I don't bet soccer. For top. now. I mean, we still have a lot of the tournament left, and I know you're going to get your rich when you see a lot of these proud national teams going head-to-head. I'm going to set the over-under for wagers you're going to make on the World uh, Cup uh, after recording this podcast. I'm going to set it at four and a half, a very modest you have number. no shot. You should have made it a half because there's no I, – I, I actually I'm, – I, I'm, I just want to bet college football and NFL. These, I did a little you know, NBA here and there. I try to avoid baseball because – that comes becomes a problem, but not going to bet any World Cup. I can assure you. But so you can bet a team in the World Cup; it could be a tie, and you lose. Correct. If you're betting into a three-way line, which essentially you take Team A, you take Team B, or you take the game to end in a draw. Now, if you're betting the point spread on a game, which is a two-way line, then, of course, there's only two different outcomes there. Well, I should say three if you conclude the push, but Team A or Team B, and then money is refunded if the game, you bet them at pick plus 140, the game ends 1-1, then there's a refund instead of the three-way. So there are a number of different ways to try and tangle in soccer matches. Of course, you have in-play wagering, you have first halves, and a bunch of other uh, unique goal markets if you want to bet on particular players. Uh, So the sky becomes the limit, Uh, and I think any of uh, your listeners who have had a chance to take in any of the European domestic leagues and partake in wagering overseas, I mean, they'll be blown away, as I'm sure they were initially, with how many different options you have for betting a soccer match compared to betting most of the traditional North American sports. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, so based on what you've heard from bookmakers maybe your connections at at, at certain casinos what you've gotten on your twitter feed people you speak to your own podcast etc do you get the feeling that more people are betting the world cup than ever What, what kind of feedback have you gotten on that i think it's definitely the case as we see increased tv coverage and the proliferation of betting people just want action And the amount of people that are uninformed that are going to bet some of these sporting events always cracks me up. But they feel that there are some trusted voices out there. Hopefully I fall onto that list for uh, some people. When it comes to, you know what, I'm just going to bet what person A told me in this particular game. They always seem like they have a grasp on it. I need something to do at 11 o'clock Eastern to try and pass the time on a Tuesday. You know as a baseball better, the temptress and sirens that are day games on Wednesdays and Thursdays to pass those July days at the office become a very dangerous recipe uh, for parting with your bankroll. I start to twitch when I see there's a 12-15 MLB start in Cleveland or Cincinnati or something like that. And imagine how folks on the West Coast feel. You know, if you're working in Southern California, you get into the office, your workday starts at 8.30 or 9, you have first pitch at 9.05, you can pass a third of the workday, you know, hoping that you have two no-name starters uh, locking horns for two of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Love it. Love it. All right, let's let's transition to the – 
the decision that came down, uh, I don't know, a month ago, six weeks ago, something like that, with the legalized sports betting. First and foremost, how does this affect you, Todd Furman, as someone who's in this industry and in this business? You know, I'd like to think I'm well-positioned to provide uh, respectable and reputable content. I mean, having a chance to work with Sports Illustrated since we launched the line, I believe, in late November uh, has really been incredible to try and get out there, talk about gambling in a smarter manner, interjecting some humor as well, but more importantly, providing the information and education that recreational bettors haven't had access to in the past. I mean, we've gone back and forth plenty. I'm never going to be one that's going to go out there and promise wealth and riches beyond your wildest dreams by betting sports. It should be a recreational pursuit for 98% of Americans, uh, much like those that go to hit the little white ball around on every Saturday and Sunday morning. The money that you plunk down at your neighborhood golf course isn't coming back anytime soon. You're paying for a few hours of entertainment. So uh, I'd like to hope that uh, the media networks are going to do things in a smart, educated way. They're going to bring on the personalities that know the space, that have a credible voice, and have been able to work in the trenches. So your guess is as good as mine uh, how things will look as we rapidly approach football season. Uh, but I have to imagine there are a lot of TV partners and digital players out there that are currently kicking the tires and maybe doing more exploration on how they're going to be able to integrate sports gambling content in the fabric of the way we watch sports. Yeah, I, I would imagine every single website, sports website out there is is planning their gambling coverage and content. And I'd imagine, you know, people like you who are, legitimate people in this industry are few and far between so i would imagine you'd be in high demand there which can only be a good thing one would hope uh, it's always everyone's goal to work fewer hours and command a higher price tag for the hours we work Certainly. haven't since achieved haven't since achieved those goals haven't been able to marry for money so i keep my nose to the grindstone and uh try and find ways to entertain myself and hopefully pick more winners than i do losers and you're out in vegas what does this decision do to Vegas and is Vegas happy about it? Not happy about it. I mean, I'm just thinking about myself. You know, I used to, I haven't done it in, 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 in a few years, but me and my buddies always used to go to Vegas for the tournament in March. Now we can just go to the Borgata. Is it going to do any damage to Vegas? Do you think or going to be very minimal? You know what, I think it creates opportunity more than it uh, ends up hurting the bottom line. You look at the population in Nevada, and it's relatively small in the grand scheme of things, I believe right around 2.5 million. So it's a state that wouldn't really be able to sustain itself by any semblance of one's imagination on sports gambling alone if it was just tourists. You talk about uh, the incremental weekends where people may make an extra trip out during the fall, or as you alluded to, the NCAA tournament. Uh, I preface it this way. I mean, if you had to choose between coming out to Las Vegas in March or heading down to the Borgata, where you feel bottled up in the casino because you're afraid you're going to deal with snow and sleet, I'd still like to think Vegas provides a, a good alternative. But there will be plenty of folks that are going to try and stay you know, within a couple hours' drive of their home. The other part that I think a lot of people fail to include is a lot of the bigger casino operators out here in Vegas, they're going to have established presences. So while some of their share of wallet will shift away from their Vegas establishment, the MGMs, the Caesars, the William Hills of the world, they're going to be very real presences in New Jersey, in Delaware eventually, uh, in Mississippi, and some of the other states that come online. So I'm curious to see how much of that $150 billion industry that the American Gaming Association talks about ends up moving into the legal markets. It's one of those things that I really believe all rising tides will raise all ships. It's just a question of what New Jersey's share of the pot looks like compared to Nevada. And I think anybody would be foolish to believe that in five years that New Jersey and some of the states with larger population density than what we have out here wouldn't be able to surpass their friends in the desert. Interesting. Wow. All right. 
Well, and the thing about, I think one of the things that has sort of gotten uh, a little bit misconstrued uh, since the decision came down is, I, I, you know, I think the narrative is that, okay, sports betting is legal and people think it's everywhere. But like I said, right now it's just in Jersey, Delaware, Vegas. And then I read something, and I don't know how accurate this is. I just I read this. Um, they're expecting 14 states to have legalized betting within two years. I would have thought that number would have been a lot higher. What, what's your take on that? I think there are some major roadblocks that a lot of these states are going to encounter. You do have conservative constituencies in some spots down south that you think would be a no-brainer to try and find ways to drive revenue, uh, especially for some of these spots. But California, for example, relatively liberal in the grand scheme of things, they're not even going to introduce, from what I've been told, a sports betting bill until 2019. So when you talk about being on the back burner, not fast-tracked by any stretch, you have to introduce it, you have to approve it, and then you have to figure out what it's going to look like. In New York, there was a lot of optimism there that it was going to happen sooner rather than later, but it doesn't appear as such given some of the decisions that were handed out uh, as recently within the past week. Uh, states along the lines of Pennsylvania, they're ones knocking on the door to be able to make things happen. Illinois, Missouri, Iowa, just to name a few. But it's figuring out not only how the operations are going to look, but with the tax structure, what sporting events you're going to be allowed to take bets on. Will you pay an integrity tax to the league? So there are so many boxes yet to check. It'll be the states that have a much stronger gambling presence, like the New Jersey's that are already approved, like the Mississippi's that have those land-based casinos poised to make that leap a lot quicker than some of the other states. But I do think once those dominoes start to go, and you mentioned 14 in the next two years, I really believe by the five-year threshold, we're talking about 30 states, if not more. All right. Now, that's interesting because that same article that I read said 18 states within five years. You you think it's going to be a little higher than that, so hopefully... Todd Furman. Yeah, I think, I think what's going to happen is you're going to get that monkey see, monkey do. There's going to be no worse feeling for some of the states if you know, one of their neighboring states approves sports betting and they're sitting there holding the bag, especially if they have any semblance of casino presence. They're going to try and push things along because there'll be no worse feeling than watching their residents drive across the state border to do something that they could take part of in their backyard. Uh, when you look at the entire national landscape, uh, I think the state, if I was placing a wager, that would be the longest shot to approve sports betting maybe within the next 10 to 15 years unless something drastically changed would, of course, be Utah, which, to my knowledge, has no form uh, of state-run gambling, lottery, or anything along those lines uh, within their state borders at this point. All right. Hey, hey, Todd, hang on for one sec while I tell my listeners about today's sponsor, because this episode of the SI Media Podcast is brought to you by Away. Let me tell you all about Away. This is pretty great stuff here. Away was founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead cell phones, which automatically gives me a panic attack, delayed flights and a bright idea, luggage with power. Thus, the Away carry-on was born. It really is the perfect luggage. Inspired by true travel stories, they asked thousands of people how they pack, why they travel, and what bugs them the most about their luggage. They then designed a bag that solved a few old problems, like sticky wheels, and a few of the new ones, like dead cell phones. Away uses high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman. You can choose from a variety of colors and four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large, for those of you with an extended stay. All the suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength, weight, and impact resistance. The interior of the luggage features a patent-pending compression system, helpful for you overpackers out there. 
Four 360-degree spinner wheels guarantee a smooth ride. Nothing getting caught there. And TSA approved combination lock built into the top of the bag will prevent theft and a removable washable laundry bag keeps your dirty clothes separate from your clean clothes both sizes of the carry-on are able to charge cell phones tablets e-readers and anything else powered by a usb cord a single charge of the away carry-on will charge your iphone five times and on top of all that there's a lifetime warranty so if anything breaks Away will fix it or replace it for you for life. Away also offers a 100-day trial. Live with it, vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, just return it for a full refund. No questions asked. Free shipping on any Away order within the lower 48 states. And Away's carry-on sizes are compliant with all major U.S. airlines, and you can maximize the amount you pack and if you're in town, if you're here in the Big Apple, please be sure to visit Away at their retail store here in Manhattan. I have one of these bags. They're great. It charges my cell phone. I don't have to worry about it because it is a big worry. I, do, I actually do get anxious if my phone dies. So I don't have to worry about having a dead phone while I'm traveling. The material is sleek and ultra durable. Interior design helps keep my items neat and organized. And uh, it's easy to carry up and down stairs because it's so light. And on top of all this, the SI Media Podcast listeners get a special offer. So listen up. Right now, listeners of the SI Media Podcast get $20 off a suitcase. All you have to do is go to awaytravel.com slash SI Media and use the promo code SI Media during checkout. It's that simple. Again, listen up. $20 off a suitcase by visiting awaytravel.com slash SI Media Use the promo code SI Media during checkout. One more time, awaytravel.com slash SI Media, promo code SI Media. That should be easy enough for you to remember and to do that. All right, we are here with Todd Furman, former odds maker at Caesars, and he hosts the Bet the Board podcast, and he can be seen on SI.com, SI.TV, the line, and uh, he is a gambling expert. Now, with this ruling here, have you gotten, I don't use the word barrage, that's very strong, but have you been, um, have you heard from people who, my theory on this was, this isn't going to bring out too many new gamblers. I think if you were a sports better, if you wanted to bet on sports, you were already betting on sports. I don't think this will turn many non-sports bettors into sports bettors, but if you have you been fielding questions from people who may not know a ton about sports betting over the last month? Yeah, there are a lot of folks who uh, were reluctant to partake in sports betting, whether it was either with a corner bookmaker or sending their money offshore, because they felt it was a largely gray area. So when they had that fear behind it, they didn't want any part of it. It was a recreational pursuit when they would visit uh, Las Vegas, whether it's you know once a year, twice a year, or maybe a heck of a lot more than that, where I think now their appetite's been wet. They would love nothing more than to be able to go to their local casino, deposit money, and be able to bet legally uh, from their mobile phones or something that creates a really unique experience. So I don't think it'll bring brand new bettors into the fold. I think it may entice sports bettors that we're only doing it a few times a year to be much more involved. Uh, in sports betting on a grand scale than they otherwise would have been. Now, that remains to be seen because if you listen to some of the pitches and the partnerships that have been forged with the DraftKings and FanDuels of the world, they believe there'll be a one-to-one conversion rate from some of their daily fantasy players, hmm. and I'm not quite sure that's going to be the case, at least initially. Dale, I would assume daily fantasy will will benefit the most from this. Do you, 
Agree or disagree? You know what? I think it's, a, it's such a different animal. When you look at the way daily fantasy caters to one type of clientele and sports betting to another, that allure of putting up a few dollars to make a million in some of the bigger contests that are out there is always going to be there. It's the sports betting or daily fantasy equivalent of a lottery ticket, whereas the idea for sports bettors that aren't as un- – you know, immersed in the culture. Wait, I have to put up twenty to two dollars to make twenty if I want to bet the Jets or Giants this weekend. Like that's not that attractive or incentivizing me uh, to jump over men, women, and children to be able to make that happen. So I'm very curious to see how much different the landscape will look. You know, twelve to eighteen months down the road, when we try and assess what a snapshot of a current sports better looks like uh, versus what we may see, especially if they're going to have more ease of access to information through various sports TV programs, radio segments, podcasts and almost get absolutely inundated with sports betting content, hopefully a lot of it better than it is uh, ill-informed. I, yeah, I, it is. I, I do think I do think you can, I, with now this opening up to everyone, I do think there's a chance for some of the, you know, lesser reputable BS artist types out there to maybe capitalize here, unfortunately, and prey on some people. Oh, I think you're going to see a lot of folks uh, essentially preying on, you know, uneducated sports bettors out there that have been promised illusions of grandeur, wealth and riches beyond their wildest dreams through, you know, all sorts of unique ways to bet sports, whether it's a martingale system in baseball, chasing games and just doubling up every time until you win or God only knows what else is being sold in the way of fool's gold and snake oil. Uh, I think it'll be very fascinating to see what that's like, but you can only hope that the public and some of those folks are going to do enough of a search, whether it's five minutes or much more involved, uh, before they get involved with any of the uh, more unsavory characters that will be out there in the space in full force. I mean, it, it blows my mind away. It just blows my mind away that here we are in 2018 and there are still people who will call a 900 number for 20, 50, whatever dollars because someone's touting inside information for a pick. I mean, frightening. It is is the power of salesmanship. And as those folks who have made their fortune in the pick selling business used to tell me years ago, we know we're not selling the steak. It is all about the sizzle. I think it's all about the stupidity, but that's a whole other issue. Well, there, there, there's no doubt about that. I won't really argue that component. There are very few folks out there in the space uh, that you can pay as consultants that will consistently turn a profit. Um, and that, for a lot, of the not... ge- a lot of the general public, they're just not going to be able to identify that, and they're going to end up uh, spending a lot more money to pay for information that's not any different than them essentially flipping a coin. But it would be one thing if it was what you just said, a quote-unquote consultant. I'm talking about the... We've got the ACC game of the year, Wake Forest, Duke, Duke minus seven. We know, we know where this one's going. This is, this is our 5,000 star play. Like the fact that that's, call us on the 900 number for $25 and we'll release the pick. The fact that that still exists. I mean, listen, Donald Trump is president. So I, I know you can't say that. I'll say that, but I feel like it's the same crowd. All right, let's move on. I had to get that. (laughs) Don't call those numbers, whatever you do. Um, give me give me a rundown of what it's like to do your job right now. I mean, we have the World Cup, so this is a little bit of an anomaly. But three weeks, four weeks, it's over. And then you have that July-August period, and it's really just baseball until you get to college football late August. Uh, do you enjoy the downtime? Do you miss the action? 
You know what, for me, and it's going to sound a little bit counterintuitive, I actually don't miss the action in the least. I mean, you need time to you kind of recharge the bat. Yeah. You, need, you need a chance to recharge the batteries a little bit. So right around when the World Cup final happens to coincide with the All-Star break, I try and get off the grid for at least a couple weeks in July. But that doesn't mean there's nothing going into the buildup to football season. I'm already knee-deep in some college football and NFL prep uh, to make sure that I've been able to keep up with player movement. I've been assessing some of the win totals and futures. And while I may not bet a lot of those early on uh, the heavy lifting you do during the summer months really gets you prepared for the fall but at the same time uh, there's also nothing more demoralizing when you come in you feel like you have the college football landscape perfectly assessed and after two Saturdays in September you're essentially overhauling all of your numbers to make sure that they're in line with the, some of the product that you're, you're going to see but there's no rest for the weary in this space uh, those folks who kind of explore it year in year out um, whether it's football that transitions into college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, into baseball, uh, into soccer, like you said, the World Cup this summer. And for someone like myself that covers the gambling side of NASCAR, I mean, the NASCAR season essentially goes on for 40 weeks, uh, and you don't really get time off there. Now, fortunately, the prep work that goes into each and every race, you get a little bit more rest and recovery during the week uh, than a baseball grind where you're talking about essentially trying to dissect entire slates you know, six out of seven days a week during July. Where does NASCAR rank in terms of betting volume, in terms of either betting volume, in terms of number of bets or money? Is it, do more people bet on golf, tennis, NASCAR? If you're looking at it just based on some of the bigger events, uh, the Masters Pool will be the single largest golf event that you're going to see. Okay. Part of that, of course, aided by the fact that it's up on the board in most sports books months and months in advance. NASCAR, aside from the race in Vegas, and of course this year now we'll get a playoff race to boot in the middle of September, doesn't really move the needle. It's a sport that will cater much more to a sophisticated better looking to try and get an edge over the house uh, than it will some of the recreational folks. And I think you see some of that in the NASCAR ratings decline that are unfortunately out there. It's hard for someone like me as a fan to see the sport start to erode a little bit. Uh, I can only hope legalized wagering in some of these states will bring it back some with increased fan engagement. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, football is really king in a game-by-game -game basis. Baseball is absolutely massive just because you have the volume of inventory. College basketball, given the NCAA tournament, the opening two days of the tournament are huge. College football. I mean, the sports that attract more eyeballs often correlate to some of the gambling revenues that are out there. And NASCAR, at least at this point, probably slots even further behind hockey, uh, given what the Golden Knights meant to the sports books. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, why don't you, how? What exactly did the Golden Knights mean to the sports books this past year? Because it was insane what happened. Yeah, it was huge as far as betting handle. I mean, hockey doesn't uh, necessarily resonate with uh, some of the casual fans, especially Nevada residents that hadn't been familiar uh, with the sport in the past. But you would consistently see Golden Knights games doing about 10 to 15 times the betting handle uh, of other games on the NHL card, especially at local casinos. And any time that the Knights didn't cover the puck line or the game stayed under the total, that was a collective sigh of relief from the desert that you could probably hear throughout the, the Tri-City area because books were getting their brains beat in throughout the course of the season. I know the liability that went to the futures market was well chronicled. The books had, you know, one public position where they said it would be great for the city if the Golden Knights uh, can bring a Stanley Cup championship here in their inaugural season, whereas the business side went, you know what, we really don't want to have to pay out seven figures because we opened the Golden Knights at 500 to 1, took them down to 250 to 1, down to 100 to 1, and never thought in our wildest dreams that this expansion team would able to 
was be able to win the Western Conference and have a one nothing series lead against the Capitals before they ultimately lost four straight. And how, and how much did the Capitals save Vegas by beating the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup? It definitely helped, uh, but there was a little bit of uh, disappointment. I think everyone kind of thought, you know, hey, when is this Cinderella run officially going to come to uh, a bitter halt? And you know, winning game one, six to four, coming into having a chance to win game two and really put a stranglehold on the series, uh, it all changed in one Braden Holpe save that, you know, 99 out of 100 times, Alex. Alex Tuck buries the puck, uh, but from a business standpoint, books are probably much happier to pay off Capitals, Futures ticket holders, uh, than they would have been the Golden Knights, that's uh, for sure. Absolutely. So given what you've seen, we've seen from the Golden Knights in Vegas and how it's affecting the books and all that, what's the anticipation like in Vegas for the Raiders? When do the Raiders play start there? Next year, the 2019 or 2020? <laughs> The talk is 2020. Uh, the stadium, they're continuing to make major strides. I mean, I drive by it across from Mandalay Bay nearly every single day. Um, and it's incredible to see what was a once a patch of desert, uh, start to see the foundation get down there for what will be a multi-billion dollar venue, not only for the NFL, but you know, college football and some of the other major sporting events uh, that Vegas already calls home to. I think there's a kind of a wait-and-see approach. The feel around the Raiders, in my opinion, is going to be much different than the Golden Knights, a franchise that started here, was built by, by right, Vegas right, right. for Vegas, where the Raiders bring in their existing fan base, and whether they played in L.A. and you had friends, fans from Northern California take Southwest flights down to Los Angeles or vice versa, or now fans from both of those feeder markets coming into Vegas, I don't think you're going to see the same strong local contingent every Sunday throughout the fall like you do for Golden Knights games. And a lot of that because of ticket prices, the seat licenses, and everything else uh, that will feed into that. So I'm very curious to see, but that hasn't stopped a lot of the casinos, a lot of the sporting goods stores from selling plenty of black and silver paraphernalia. It's just anybody's guess how John Gruden's 10-year contract will look right. uh, when the Raiders ultimately start here. And I think a lot of people, though, paying more attention obviously, to Derek Carr and trying to see if this Raiders team is going to be a perennial playoff fixture because they'd much rather have a winning team come in here uh, than a rebuild of a 3-13 and franchise. I I didn't realize that the stadium was going to be across the street from Mandalay Bay. I mean, I, obviously, this, isn't, this doesn't have to happen because everyone can now bet on their phones, but I love the thought. I love the thought that you're in the stadium watching the Raiders play and then, you know, two minutes left in the, in the first half, you run out of that stadium like a bat out of hell to get to the Mandalay Sportsbook to bet the halftime, the halftime <laughs> line. It'll, it'll, it'll be a nice trip, but there will be plenty of folks depositing uh, on their MGM, their Caesars, their stations, yeah. their Coast Casinos, their Westgate apps uh, to take full advantage of the live wagering opportunities. So hopefully they won't have to leave their seats. And it'll be interesting to see what that fan experience is like, because I know the NHL is skeptical about how having legalized sports betting would change the dynamic inside T-Mobile for the Golden Knights. All I can tell you is that there are a lot more fans on the edge of their seat watching the final three minutes with a empty net and or uh, the tail end of a 5 nothing blowout uh, when the over-under sat at 5.5 and, and you could hear a much louder cheer for a quote-unquote meaningless goal mm. uh, than you ever would in NHL buildings uh, across the other 31 cities. Give me, before we wrap up, give me, with the, with the decision now to have legalized sports betting, for the... Not for the new person, but for the person who's been betting sports for a, a long time, the hardcore guy who's or woman who's analyzing the lines, betting you know a slew of NFL games on Sunday, slew of college football games on Saturday. For that person, give me the best thing about the decision and the worst thing about the decision for that person. 
Uh, you know what? I think, you know, when I look at it from, you know, everyone's standpoint, I think there'll be more competition uh, out there. So you'd like to hope that there's going to be expanded menus. So you'll have a lot more player props and hopefully more competitive futures uh, than when you currently see you'll have dynamic wagering and some of those options. Uh, but for also for some of those folks that have grown accustomed to playing uh, with their corner bookmaker, it's going to be a much different experience when you have to go through the amount of paperwork, taking cash out of your pocket to put into an app or bet over the counter, because we know this fine country was built on sports bettors loving to play on credit, Jimmy, and is a much different dynamic when you have to take 550 bucks out of your pocket to bet 500, then you call up your guy on Sunday, you pull up your website, and you go, oh, these are $550 of virtual currency that I don't have to have unless it's a losing bet. But I think in the long run, it creates a much more more responsible and regulated environment uh, and you'd like to hope that people aren't betting money that they can't afford to lose well said a great great way to wrap it up yep the people people are going to learn a hard lesson if they got to shell out the cash themselves right there um appreciate it you did a great job on this shed a lot of light on a lot of things i appreciate it i still don't understand world cup betting but that's okay and, uh, we'll get you, you know, we'll get you into action, Jimmy. I mean, bet- between the X's and O's analysis and the uh, perspectives you can get from guys like Grant Wall uh, and uh, the World Cup coverage that we've done extensively on the line, I feel like we can make you a more educated football better, a.k.a. soccer, so you'll at least be able to have a little skin in the game when we get to the World Cup final on July 15th. I, I love the line. I think, I think you and, um, and Ben do a great job on the line. I recommend it for everyone on SITV. But... I don't think I will be making another wager until Saturday, August 25th, Hawaii at Colorado State, Wyoming at New Mexico State. That'll be the next wager for for Jimmy Trainer. You know what? That almost sounds like a defeatist mentality, and it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of the line in Dumber Dumber. You know, I bet you I can get you to make another bet before the end of this segment. Give me two to one odds. That's, All right, you're on. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Well, I would love to, you know, I don't know. You got Le- where will LeBron end up? I, I like that a little bit, maybe something, but I, I'm not betting the World Cup. But I appreciate you explaining it. You know what? We're trying to help. I mean, you have the NBA draft coming up, uh, uh, and, you know, some of those folks out there, you know, at Offshore Books like BetOnline.ag have a myriad of ways that you can put a few bucks into action. I, so uh, I appreciate a man that willingly admits he has self-discipline, and he is anxiously counting the days Hours, minutes, and seconds till week zero of the college football season in late August. Week zero, I I despise that. I'll tell you what'll happen. I'll I'll give you the. I don't. This is what usually happens. So that first college football game is August twenty fifth. So what I'll do is I'll load up my account maybe two weeks beforehand, and then I'll see. You know, Reds Pirates twelve fifteen on a Thursday. (laughs) Total eight and a half. Both teams stink. They're out of it. The umps want to go home. No one wants to play the game. Let's bet an under. There is no better feeling than a getaway under where the strike zone you're given a foot, a foot and a half on both sides of the plate. Teams are out there doing nothing but hacking away because a 3 nothing lead for teams out of the playoff race is insurmountable, especially when you're playing in summer heat. So I can't fault you in the least uh, for you know, trying to bet an under where both teams are trying to get to the next city and just finish out the 162-game grind. I appreciate that. All right, he is Todd Furman, former odds maker at Caesars. He is the host of the Bet the Board podcast, co-host of... The line on SITV, SI.TV to find that. Anything else did I miss? 
Uh, you know what? For NASCAR fans out there, they can check out Race Hub on Thursdays throughout the fall. Uh, I mean, a number of places uh, to kind of see some gambling content, and we can only hope those platforms continue to grow uh, as more and more folks try and find ways to get their action fixed well in advance uh, of football season kicking off. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, enjoy a little down Perry before the football season starts, and uh, good luck with the wagers, Todd. Thanks a lot. You, you got it. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Always appreciate it. My thanks to Todd Furman. Fun episode if you're a better out there. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Shed some light on a lot of things with the legalized sports betting, and that World Cup is, is very interesting. So I thank you for listening to the SI Media Podcast. Like I said at the top, don't forget to check out the archives. Lee Jenkins last week. Any NBA fan should check that out. Subscribe, review, it's appreciated, and I'll see you next week on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? The number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.